You're listening to the DTF podcast, Down to Fitness, where we turn personal trainers into fitness professionals. We're your hosts, Dayton McPherson and Kyle Radoon. Kyle, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Dayton? Oh, be you brave, know. be strong, be fearless. You like that shirt? Yeah, you're so badass. I'm I'm a cool man. Yeah, you are. Yeah. How's your be week fearless. going, dude? <laughs> Do you do you want the real answer or do you want the sugar-coated answer? I'll be honest. Usually when I say that, I expect a great thanks. Let's get into it. But no, it sounds like you have a story to tell. <laughs> I I do. So I was working out at CrossFit a couple days ago, or it was a week ago at this time. I went and sat down in my car, and my cup holders are right in the center console. And when I put my right arm down. I must have gone a little too hard and a little too fast. And I had a pen that was in the center console that was sticking up with the ballpoint up. And the pen actually went into my arm Ooh. and was sticking out of my arm. Um, there was no blood, no gore, nothing like that. I was really afraid to pull it out of my arm. Uh, I didn't know how far it was in. I couldn't really see it because it was in my elbow. Uh, I didn't tell my wife because she was in Italy and I didn't want to ruin her trip. I was fine. Went to the hospital. They pulled it out. They put a stitch or two in it and they said it should fall out the stitches in about a week. Uh, I feel fine now. Uh, did send a little shock through my hand when I sat down. Didn't feel too good when I drove myself to the hospital. Um, but I'm I'm good, man. Like I can I can move. It feels all right. But it was a little scary having a pen jutting out of your elbow. <laughs> I, dude, so I'm uh, I definitely don't do well. I get very queasy, and that like just now hearing that story, even though you didn't have anything in your elbow when you showed me your elbow, I kind of like turned away from the screen. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know if anybody's really watching, but it was it was right here. There we go. There's a little dot in there. It was really black and blue at the beginning of the week. Um, it feels okay. Um, I'm just gonna keep an eye on it. I've been doing a pretty good job making sure that it's not gonna get infected or anything. And you know, when we were kids, you remember the whole thing about like lead poisoning if you get stabbed with a pencil and like I asked the the doctor or the nurse that was with me is like, am I going to get an infection? And she's like, you're probably going to be okay. And I was like, all right, cool. She's like, you, uh, you have enough gin and tonics that'll probably kill anything in your body. I was like, perfect. So I'm having another one. That's how we prevent it. Anyways. So, or it's how we caused it in the first place. So that's another story. No, I came back from the gym, man. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Not like the gym. gym. Slamming himself into the car. No, God, no. So a couple of weeks ago, we had done a bio of me, and today we're going to do a bio of Kyle, my Ooh. dearest friend. We're going to get to know a little bit about you. So Kyle, let's start with the easy stuff, the uh, the who you are, where do you live, are you married, all that good stuff, kind of what's going on in your life. Tell the people at home who you are. Buddy. Oh, right. Tell the people what they want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're that interested. No, uh, so I know this is probably some of the more boring stuff, but no, I, uh, I'm actually originally born in San Diego, California. So I'm a, a West Coast kid for sure. Uh, totally. Yeah, uh, a lot of family in San Francisco. I lived in that central uh, Bay Area for a long time. 
uh, and when I say a long time, like years, but I was probably six-ish when I came over to Connecticut. Uh, my family moved over here. I actually had some grandparents here, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so that's kind of how I ended up on the East Coast. Uh, right now, I actually live in Florida, but we'll get to that part of the story because COVID brought me here. So that's kind of the Florida part is part of my fitness journey. That's right. Um, I, uh, by the time this airs, I actually will be married. Um, I'm, this is being recorded on a Friday evening. I am uh, eloping tomorrow morning. You didn't know that yet. So. I didn't know that. That's amazing, no. man. That's uh, so, so cool. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, do you, so do right you want to, do you want to talk about that or no? Yeah, no. So actually Please. I'll, add, I'll throw in a little, little bits there for you, for everybody. Dude, um, I'm so excited for you. This, this is like real emotion. A lot of the times we fake this stuff when we're on here, but like, that's awesome. Well, I, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, so my, uh, actually as of right now, my fiance is, uh, pregnant. We have a baby due in January. So we got our, our New Year's baby coming. Uh, we are going to have a, a a bigger wedding and we'll invite you down for it, Dayton. Oh, I'm uh, coming. But what we wanted to do before the baby was uh, make it legal. So we're, uh, <laughs> we have a friend. We're going to go elope awesome. on the beach where you definitely don't want to be. Uh, nah. But nice, nice sunrise on the water and uh, we'll do the thing. And then uh, around this year, we actually picked the date so that next year we'll you're actually gonna have the, the wedding on the same date so, so it, next year 2024 yes but 2024 October. not 2023 awesome. all, right. all I, right i i will book my flights and i will be there my brother well you'll you'll get your uh you'll get some more information when we get a little closer awesome so, cool well um, congratulations that thank you fantastic so it's been so a happy big for year for me that's awesome so you know this was a big year but let's skip back a couple of years or more years. So let's talk about you as a kid. Uh, okay. Were you fit? Did you play sports? Uh, were you active? Like what, what was it like growing up as a Redoom? So uh, it's a great question. Now it's funny because we got to take us back now. I know we're not really old, but in, uh, in this post tech world, it feels like we're ancient, uh, you know, in my thirties here. How old am I? 36, 37? 36? I think I'm 36. I don't, I don't know. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 32. Well, so I was born in 87. Someone else could do the math. It gets 91. To the point you, you start to forget. Um, no, but in all seriousness, uh, very active as a kid, but I was still overweight. Um, Italian family, anytime that I went to my grandparents and I was there probably four or five days a week, I was like the after school, went to his grandparents. Uh, I ate McDonald's pretty much every single day uh, in the 90s. Your grandparents bought you McDonald's. Like I felt like the greatest thing ever. Like oh, I love McDonald's. My grandparents treated me. They loved McDonald's. Very typical back then. So even though I was actually an active kid, I liked to play outside. I wasn't on. A, we didn't have a cell phone. And uh, this is back when we played in the yard until the lights went. You know, the street lights came on. Uh, so I was very active, but I was never healthy. So you know, it's one thing to play tag in the backyard. Uh, but when you eat McDonald's two, three times a day, I was raised on fast food. Um, historically, I was known as the Oreo kid. I love <laughs> Oreos. Uh, so much so that as an adult, I have to actually like strategically avoid looking at them because at this point, I 
and not, not to like belittle other people like addiction issues, but like I compare it to like a cocaine or heroin because I swear to you, if I have one, I will go to the store at three o'clock in the morning and I will buy 20 packs and I will eat all of them. The, yeah. the inner fat kid in me has never, never changed. Um, and this is actually a message I work with my clients in like obese because you can be a totally different human on the outside, but some of that shit never goes away. So little yeah. insight. I love Oreos. So how did we go from this Oreo loving little man, little, little child to this fit muscular bicep bro that we see before us. Yeah. Kyle's huge. Like Kyle is shorter than I am, but he is ripped. He's got like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk him up a little bit. He's got great arms. He's got great abs. He's always the one that wants to go and work out when we would always travel and be like, no man, I'm going to sleep in. So how did that person come Uh, to me after you were licking the cream off of Oreos? Overcompensation, right? Uh, So ultimately I grew up, you know, like I said, active. I like to play sports, just carried a little extra weight. Through high school, I was starting to get heavier. And the older you got, the more access you had to food. I got my driver's license, which was probably the worst thing for me as someone that loved fast food. Minimum wage job at 16 years old. I was working at a grocery store. You could drive yourself to Taco Bell or Burger King or McDonald's or Wendy's every day after school. Uh, so then my 16, 17, 18 years old, I put on about 60 to 80 pounds, give or take. Um, in a year, I was even in about a year. Yeah. And about, okay. I would say junior, senior year of high school. Okay. But I was actually, I was playing football. Uh, I was a lineman. I had, you know, participated in any kind of sport. Like I said, I always loved sports. So I still wasn't scared of moving my overweight body. So it wasn't always that I was just like super sedentary. Um, so I was interested in sports. I just could never be good at them because I could never get my diet under control. Mm. And because I was active, even though I was pushing 240, 250, 216 pounds at 16, 18 years old, the truth is I was active enough that it didn't get, it didn't go crazy. So as soon as high school was done, there was no more sports there was no more after school activities. There was no more just hanging out, going for a walk down the street. It was, it was very much, I became very sedentary. Um, this is where I was playing video games nonstop. I was drinking every day after work. Uh, it got to the point where when you're pushing 300 pounds, you can drink 30 beers on a Friday night and be pretty okay when you're a regular drinker. So just think about the calories. On a Friday night, I'd put back a 30 pack. I was also a cigarette smoker, which, yeah. So heart and lungs, I was deconditioned. I was miserable, but I didn't know it because I was stimulated, right? So this goes on for some time. And I'll never forget the morning that I had this issue. I went downstairs. I was about to get to work. I lived on, uh, my bedroom was on the second floor. I had a couple of roommates. I went down to my car. I forgot my wallet. I had to get out of the car and walk back up the stairs, back to my bedroom to get my wallet. Made it halfway up the stairs. Held onto the handrail, took a knee, and couldn't fucking get all the way to the top. And that, that was my breaking point. That was my rock bottom. That was my, I can't even get up to the stairs to get my freaking wallet. Like, I'm broken. I'm, I'm just broken. So 
uh, not to get super emotional here, but this was that was the moment for me. So I went and hired. Yeah, no, 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 I was going to say, like, no, 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 I was going to say, like, fitness is emotional. Like, we always talk about this, like, and, and I'm going to put it to what I know best in terms of like sales and things like that, but that's your heartstring. Like, that's why you decided to make a change in your life because of one singular moment that was predicated by thousands of poor choices beforehand. And you had one moment that you could pinpoint and say, I'm not going to be like this anymore. And if that is what we can pinpoint on to be like, if you don't want to be like this, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Then as coaches, we have to focus on that. Like if anybody could say, Kyle, I can help you do blank, 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 because you don't want to feel that way anymore, then that's great. But sometimes we hire a coach and they don't provide us with those results. Yeah, so. I know this story all too well, but I want you to talk about it a little bit more and how so, your first experience with a personal trainer was, because yeah, this is the, this is the coach and the trainer that we are trying to not have all of our listeners be. Yeah. So, um, and actually I'm going to, I'm going to do that a little bit in between there because I did try to work out on my own a couple of times. Um, you, back then, you know what the cool thing was, uh, was P90X. You can do it at home. Uh, I went on my, uh, online on the internet and I stole that shit, downloaded it. <laughs> Shout out to like, I don't, know if I, I don't know if I've ever done P90X. I, so dude, it's all jumping. It's all plyometrics. It's just go into your living room and jump up and down. So, but, okay. What, what's that pushing. dude's name? Is it like Tony, Tony something Horton. or Tony? Isn't it Tony Horton P90X? I have no idea. Yeah. P90X is Tim, uh, Tony Horton. And then uh, Sean T is the insanity guy. Sean Sean T is who I was thinking of. I went like this to say like shaved head guy. Okay. Yes. Sean T is who I Sean was thinking T. of. All right. Sean T. So, he was insane. So those, okay. All right. Gotcha. So I've heard of insanity and I've heard of P90X. I think I may have done like one workout of insanity just to do it, but I've never done P90X. Yeah, I mean, it's basically, it's all plyometrics. It's jump up and down, do a burpee, okay. run in place, high knees, butt kickers. And when you're overweight and deconditioned, like I didn't get very far in these workouts and I just felt awful. Um, like everything would hurt. And I didn't understand nutrition either. So like I would do all that. And then I would go to like, I would still go to McDonald's and Taco Bell and I'll go all the places that that's how I knew to eat. And that's the budget that I had. So I, instead I would go to McDonald's and I would get like the chicken salad. And yeah, like, I chose the salad over the cheeseburger, but anyone that's ever worked with a nutritionist or truly understands nutrition, uh, the, the calorie in calorie out model is pretty clear that if you yeah. have a thousand Way calories worse. of dressing at McDonald's, you actually now ate 300 calories more than the burger and fries. Just eat the burger and fries. A burger at McDonald's is better for you than a Lenny and Larry's cookie. It absolutely is. Uh, it's higher in protein and it's got less crap in it. And the Lenny and Larry's cookie actually is two servings for one cookie. And they lie to you Correct. to make you yeah. think that it's double what it is. But really, who has two servings of a cookie? All right. Back to you. <laughs> Not anyway. going off on tangents. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so anyway, so I tried all the things. I kind of hurt myself. Like everything sucked. I had finally, I was probably like 19 years old now. I had been working for a little bit. Obviously, I didn't have a lot of money. But I had a job and I lived in my parents. So like I had some cash, went to a gym, hired a personal trainer. 
at that time, personal training was not really a career yet. I mean, we're talking like 2008, 2010. At this point, some of the first personal trainers, professional fitness trainers were not even there a decade yet. So when you got a trainer back then, it was usually a former like high school athlete that did workouts through high school for years and didn't have a job. They weren't really educated. It was definitely a hobby. It's kind of the things that we talk about. Right. So I hired a coach and I got, I got Mr. High School job. Well, was it a I tier think, one coach? Do you know? Yeah, whatever, you know, um, I obviously was a, I wasn't in a, a gym that either had tiers or back then their business model didn't even understand what a good trainer versus a bad trainer was, I don't think at this point. Um, the industry, this industry is barely new, right? So, yeah. Um, and he got, basically, it was like he watched P90X and Insanity and learned from the beach body coaches on how to lose weight. So he had never been overweight in his life. He's genetically gifted, athlete forever, ripped six pack, just expected me to do whatever he did. Well, when you're 100 pounds overweight and someone tells you to lay on your back and do 50 crunches, it's just stupid. So I didn't know any better and I did everything he told me to do. I never was successful. He put me on the ground. I couldn't get him. And I had everyone in the gym. I felt like they looked at me. I know I know better now, but I felt like everyone was staring at me. I felt like everyone was pointing and laughing. I hated no, the no, gym and I hated no one my gave a, No one gave a shit about you. But like no one you said, we know that now. No one gave a shit, but you thought they did. And that's the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, and also back then it was impossible to cancel gym memberships. So now I'm a oh, kid, God. been working my ass off for minimum wage. Back then it was $6.90, uh, bagging groceries <laughs> at $6.90, right? $6.90? God damn. Minimum wage in, in 2003. God damn. Yeah. Uh, You're old. So, you know, you do that for a while and to pay for a trainer, to pay for a gym membership, you paid $100 a month for a gym membership and uh, you were locked in for 12 months and you had to give your firstborn to cancel it. So now I'm locked in for 12 months of this gym membership I can't afford and a personal trainer I definitely can't afford that wasn't getting me results and was getting me hurt and made me miserable and I hated everything about fitness. I quit. I went home. I went back. I ate my sleeve of Oreo cookies. I ordered some cheeseburgers and I put my feet up and played video games for the next six months. So my heart, my big rock bottom emotional story, it didn't even change anything because it all it did was get me into the gym and had the gym turn me away, basically, you know, in a shorter version. Take my money, screw me over. And now I hate fitness people. So you hate fitness and hate fitness people. So how are you one of the, the biggest fitness people and supporters in the world right now? Like what, what were your next steps? Like, did you just try to do it on your own? Were you like, I'm going to get certified and do this shit for myself? Sorry for my language. Like, but like, what, what, what's your thought process? Because I have a bad experience. I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm not going back to it. Like it's a restaurant, right? Fitness mm -hmm. is a restaurant. I have a bad experience as a restaurant. I'm never going back to that restaurant. So no, how, I, how do you get here? What do you do? So, you know what? I, uh, at first it did it. It defeated me. So I gave up. And then I don't have a, a big, you know, moment that changed me. I just, one day I was like, you know, I'm way smarter than all the people I met at the gym. Google is brand new at this point. So now I'm Googling like how to be healthy. Obviously the information back then is even way worse than it was today. So, <laughs> but, but I'm learning. 
I'm learning, I'm trying to find like what's good information, what's bad information, what comes from some kind of credible source. Uh, believe it or not, back then, like bodybuilding.com had a lot of great articles from some of mm. like the best people with PhDs back then. And you read good articles. It was definitely focused on the bros and stuff like that, but it had good information. So I was self-taught. So I went to the gym, I watched a lot of videos and I would just kind of learn. Um, one of my favorite one of my favorite books is I actually bought the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, Bodybuilding, uh, the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. I have it up here. Read all of it. It had hundreds of exercises. And now all of a sudden, I knew hundreds of exercises. So I just went through and he had some like templates on how to build a program. And that's how I built my first program. So fast forward to make this story a little shorter. Um, I did it for myself and I lost 50 pounds just on, you know, over the year of working out on my own, no help, just the internet, lost 50 pounds. I was so excited. I was so motivated by losing that weight that I literally woke up one morning. This is like my next uh, big, big change in my life. I went to my job. Um, my job at this point, I was a, I was, I was a chemist. I was making biodiesel. Uh, my my family is, or was, the largest producer of biodiesel in the country. We used to produce millions of gallons of diesel fuel every single year for home heating and for vehicles. It was a direct drop in replacement. I see your face, so I figured I'd give everyone a little information. I didn't pay for, I didn't go to a gas station for almost five years. This is all I, new information. Like, how long have we been friends and you never You didn't know about my biodiesel days? No. Okay, so. Uh, We're not friends so, yeah, so, anymore. Like, you don't even like me. You don't tell me shit. <laughs> well, you met, we met after. So I've told you my I fat know, fit story, but my biodiesel my story is usually fit. not relevant. I'm a biodiesel uh, fit. So I was in, uh, you know, so I used to wear a lab coat. Inside of this factory, though, it's 100 plus degrees in the summer. It can get to like 120 degrees because there's heaters and tanks and like stuff's hot. So you're in there just sweating and miserable. And we were across the street from a McDonald's. So I'm telling you, like, yeah. this was my life. I walk over, eat my cheeseburgers and get back to my desk and get back and doing my, my lab stuff. Damn. I was just so miserable that all of it finally came together. The idiot trainer I had this awesome feeling of success and weight loss. And then me looking around and being like, I don't love money this much. I just don't. I am making great money in this factory, in this lab, doing things that no other Americans are doing right now. I was in an industry of one, right? That's where you want to be. And I went, peace. I, 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 uh, I picked up my things and I moved down to Tampa, Florida. And I went to the National Personal Training Institute. The reason I did this is a lot of people go online, they take the NASM, they take the ACE. It's a, it's a quick test. It's a weekend and you have your certification. But I was so pissed off at the crappy trainer that I wanted to go to the most involved, the most education, the most hands-on training that money could buy at this time. And back then, NPTI was one of a kind. The NASM and ACE had a test, but NPTI was putting people in a gym and training them hands-on. That's what I wanted. So 
I know that this is going to be longer than my bio, but I'm actually really interested in that. And if anybody doesn't want to know, then you can shut the damn thing off because I'm interested and I'm the only one that matters anyways. Can you talk about MPTI or a little bit? Yeah. And like, what, what do you do when you're there? Because I hear so many people are coming out of there. And if I can be uh, honest without being rejectful, mm -hmm. I think it sounds like a sham. It is now, but I'm not saying that it is like to no, me when it's like, oh, you can come to school and we'll teach you how to be a personal trainer. So yeah. can you enlighten me so that I have a better understanding yeah, that's a, of that's what That's an excellent is? question because what I don't want is people to hear this and be like, oh, that's the, that's the way to do it. I actually have a different opinion on that now. NPTI, the one I went to and the reason I went to Tampa, there's one in Connecticut. Hmm. They are franchises. So just like CrossFit gyms, you can't just show up at one and be like, I'm going to get the best experience possible. No. You better know the owner of the franchise and the instructors or the coaches if you're comparing it to like a CrossFit gym. So the MPTI I went to um, was the second ever. Their first headquarters location is in Orlando. The second one was in Tampa. Orlando, they actually have dorm rooms and it's like housing. It's like a full deal like that was the original i didn't want to live in a dorm i wanted to live on the beach so i said screw <laughs> orlando of course you did yeah of course right so i went to the one in tampa which was their second location it was broken off from their headquarters so i got the cream of the crop instructors in the beginning of its time now okay. there are all these franchises all over and anyone can kind of just apply and become a a, a teacher there. So I'm not, I'm not and saying that and you just do your research. Right. And and I don't know, I'm not trying to like say that it's not good or anything yeah. like that. I just don't know enough about it to hold it credible. Yeah. And maybe so that's to answer me, the actual, but... to answer your actual question, as far as like the quality of it. Now, what sure. it was, and the reason why I went to Tampa, Florida for the national personal training Institute, it was housed in a 40,000 square foot gym. The back room had a 5,000 square foot classroom, okay? So most gyms aren't even 5,000 square feet. So this is a classroom. They have all the equipment in there. You're learning the anatomy. You're sitting in front of the textbook. You have the skeletons and you're literally learning joint actions with a moving body. And you're doing all that stuff and it's really friggin' cool. And then you go have lunch, you come back at one o'clock and guess what? It's hands-on time. So the second half of the day, we would go out and we would coach each other. So now by the time you graduate, yeah, you have your 500 hours of education, but you also have 500 hours of personal training. And that's why when I walked into health tracks on day one, I signed up a client and I took them out and I showed them a good workout and everyone went, that this is your first day? Like, hell yeah, I've been training for a year, even though this is my first day. All right, off topic. This is what I'm going to say to you right now. Take a pen and a piece of paper and write down that we need to talk about certifications and the downfall of certifications that it has on individuals in our industry because nobody does that. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying that any certification is bad or doing something like what Kyle did is bad, but there needs to be a middle ground because just going online and watching some videos doesn't make you a good trainer. No. But anyways, no, there, there's my rant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to we'll, keep we'll, going. 
We'll do certifications part two. All right. Uh, okay. So, so, All right. so keep, keep going. Okay. So you're certified now. Mm-hmm. My favorite now, saying of all time. Certifications don't mean shit. No, now, now what? Now what? You're certified. Okay. You're in yeah, Florida. So what, do you, what do you do now? Exactly. So now what? Right. Um, stumble into, uh, actually, I shouldn't say stumble into. That's a, I was online in Tampa. I was applying to all the jobs in Tampa. I wanted to work with, you know, Florida people. I want to be on the beach. I wanted to like, you know, hot, sexy people. I'm like, this is, this is awesome. I live in Florida now. I applied everywhere. No one took me. I got one call back from the one gym I applied to in Connecticut. And the funniest thing is I've never told anyone Wait, this whoa, story. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pause, 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 pause. You were in Florida and you applied to a gym in Connecticut. Yeah, back home. Okay, keep going. So still own my house in Connecticut. No, so I, I, I only, know. I've only gone there for a year with the intent of coming back. I know, but you're such a beach boy. I know. I didn't want to come back, but if I if I wasn't going to get a job in Florida, I had to come back. Oh, skipping ahead. Literally, like my third day at work, I was standing at the front desk with all the employees at Health Tracks, and they're like, "Hey, what are you gonna do?" I'm like, "Oh, as soon as I can get a good enough at this gig, I'm gonna move back to Florida." I've said that from day one, and then sure enough, it happened. But, and he did. And, but, so moving the story along here, um, I uh, I went online. And I found the health tracks in Glastonbury, which is the closest one to my hometown. And if you remember the old health tracks, the Glastonbury one, yeah, before all the renovations, now it's like the pictures were these like glass walls and like the way the art was done, it looked like a really fancy building on the internet. And it looked like a glass palette. So compared to the sh- anytime fitness is in the world and all those like crappy gyms. I saw health tracks as the glass palace. I swear to you. True story. So I got a call from uh, the fitness director in Glastonbury. Who He's was? like, yeah, dude. He's like, if you can show up to work, like I'll hire you over the phone. And I was like, okay, give me a date. And I was like, I'll see you then. So I packed up my things, hopped in the car, went back to Connecticut, started working at health tracks. Kyle, who was the fitness director there? Eric Popola somethingski. Polish yeah. guy. Crazy last name, but we used to call him Pop. He's Eric Pop. Right, Don't Pop. talk bad about my company if you're gonna talk about it, by the way. Oh no, I love your company. All right. It's I, all right. Hey, so we're we're I'll, a health tracks. I help build it to what it is today. So yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, on, episode is done. See you everybody later. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So Fast forward. So I work as a personal trainer for a little while. got some experience. Head trainer, fitness director. Um, Unlike your story, there is one fitness director opening, and I applied for it. And everyone told me, hey, you're not going to get this. You don't have the experience. You haven't been X, Y, Z. Yeah, you did. Sure enough, about six weeks go by, and uh, I get the job, fitness director. I'm going to Raleigh, North Carolina. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure they took a chance on me. I'm sure there wasn't any real reason to give me that job. They didn't have anyone they wanted to move to Raleigh. They didn't have anyone. And I was like, I am going to take this opportunity. I'm going to show you guys that I was always the best person for this job. So sure enough, I went down to Raleigh. A year later, I got the call. 
we want you to come back. And it was the greatest day of my life. So I uh, came back to Glastonbury as um, still as a fitness director, but the fitness director title came with new, new responsibilities. They wanted me to come back to Connecticut to pair up with their other young superstar up and coming guy, Dave McPherson. And I went, yeah, we could, we can chat. We'll see what, how it goes. And I'm like, man, this guy ain't nothing. Right. So we didn't know, we didn't know of each other. No, I didn't know you. I had no no clue who you were. And I probably had the same thoughts. I was like, this guy, Mm -hmm. I was like, come on. I was like, I'm the best. I was like, this guy. And then we got in a room together and the rest is history. And it, and Um, it was like, we were brothers that, like got separated at birth yeah and it, we, it was we a, it it amazing yeah, it, for sure because you know not only are we so different but our mindsets are so similar with the end goal how we get there is different but we want to do the same thing so that's what i always loved about teaching workshops with you or coaching people because we're trying to get to z but our A, B, C, D, so on and so forth may be different, but each one has good intentions. Like we've never done anything that's sketchy. We've never done anything that's irregular. Like we're just like, this is the way Dayton does it. This is the way Kyle does it. You can pick either option or you can mesh the two, but you'll get all the way to the end. You just have to find your own path. And that's why I liked you because you never shunned me and you always respected me. And I did the same for you. It was it was definitely the, it was definitely a good match. Shout out to Gary for making that happen. Gary, uh, cheers. That's my man. I need I need a tissue. Mine's empty now. So, uh, so basically, All right. you know, that's I come back. We get together. We just start changing the game. Right? We Company click, takes baby. off. Everyone's making more money. Everyone's happy. We start workshops. We're helping trainers left and right. We're traveling all over the place. Um, COVID blows everything up like everyone else in the world. I don't need to talk too much about what COVID was like because we're all very familiar there. Uh, shut down gyms. I saw everyone partying on the beach in Florida getting paid. And I was like, and you know what? Kyle left me. He and left And then me. I got in the car. I threw my, my my dog, Apollo, into the car. We went down south. He left I had me. every intention of coming back. Honest to God. I, um, I was he on did. all the team meetings. He I was did. hosting my team meetings for my Glastonbury people. Yes, they had to watch the Zoom calls with the beach in the background. <clears throat> I was like, but I'm here. I'm hosting it. We're doing the thing. So I I can be very honest right now, since you don't work for us anymore and there's no bad blood. You were the first person to call and say, I don't think I'm coming back. And my response to you, I don't know if you remember what it was, but I do, is I said, Kyle, I love you like a brother. You've been so important to everything that we've done in this company, but you have to do what's best for you. I said, if you're going to leave and you want to stay down, do it. If you want to come back, fine. I said, but I'm not going to persuade you either way because you have to do what's best for you. And you said, I think I'm going to stay. And my response was good for you. Even though I was crying on the inside. Because that's how I honestly felt like I just wanted you to feel the best about yourself. And I I wasn't going to say, no, Kyle, I need you. I need you, even though I did. But you wanted to do something different and go somewhere else. And that's okay. Like, I can't be selfish in that aspect. Like, you go do what's going to make you a better fitness professional. And then here we are a year later 
And now we're doing this podcast. Now I get to talk to you every week. It's almost like we never stop working together. Well, and I think this is kind of, it all comes to a, a, a point here, whereas this is why we have the podcast, right? Because I love the COVID. I didn't know what my life was even going to be. And I ended up getting into, now I've uh, been consulting with gyms. I've got a couple of gyms that opened up here down here in the St. Pete area that I work with. I opened up my own, you know, my own kind of private training studio with a full book of business. And I have been in the last six months or so shopping for what is going to become my wellness empire. Um, we are looking at buildings of 5,000 plus square feet. We are going to have chiropractors, physical therapists, like medical professionals doing the whole thing. We're doing it big and we're going to be a CrossFit affiliate. So it's, it's, it's definitely something that is special to me and this will happen this year. And that's been my big, this is my big reveal <laughs> for it. Um, that's awesome. But been in negotiations with Lee stuff for next year. So next year is a, a big year for me. We'll, <clears throat> we'll open up another gym. I'm going to have a baby. Big baby. Well, not big baby, but baby. I'm the big All baby. Right. So if we can summarize this episode, and this is what I've been really waiting for, your legacy. Okay. What is uh, it? What do you so, what do you want to what do you want to do? What do you want people that are a member you by? Kyle Radun blank. Change the fucking game. Can you elaborate a little bit more? Sorry, like, sorry, what, is, what sorry, does that mean? I, what, what do you want to what do you want to change? I, I did that because I wrote it in the show notes like that because I was gonna explain it better, but I know you were asking me because you were like, what the hell does that mean? Listen. My purpose, my why, the reason I get out of bed every single day and I am Kyle Rudun, the fitness professional, it absolutely all stems from everything that we talked about in this episode leading up to now. My goal in life is to make sure that no one ever walks into a gym and gets the experience that I got as a client. I want to make sure that everyone that wants to get healthy has the means to do so. I want to change the world as far as health and fitness are concerned. I want to make it accessible and easy for everyone to participate in. What I experienced when I wanted to lose weight was awful. It was, it was expensive. No one cared about me. They sent me down a rabbit hole to gaining more weight and more things. So over these years, all I've ever wanted was to have every single person, especially the ones that are scared of the gym, to come out and say, hey, Kyle, let's go lift. Let's go get healthy because I got you. And that's what I want. Awesome. So for those of you that weren't watching this video, I'm, I'm going to talk about it and then we can sign off. So Kyle is very emotional when he talks about this because I know it means a lot to him and he feels it in the depths of his soul. Like that's really how he feels. Like if, if you watch this on Spotify or YouTube, the, his face, like he means this, like that's his why that's why he wants to do it. And mm -hmm. even though our whys are different, we give a damn. And if we didn't, we're not in the right industry. 100%. And if you can reflect on that every single night before you go to bed, whether or not you're in fitness or sales, if you're listening to us, because we have pretty good sales techniques and things like that. If you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I don't know if this is for me, it's not for you. I'll say it straight up. 
this has to be for you. You have to give a damn about your clients, your members, your team. Like this is something that you're all in for literally 24 hours a day. And if you can't do that, fitness is a hard area to get passionate about. So passion overcomes everything. Kyle's passionate. I'm passionate. We're passionate in different areas. And that's what makes us special. And that's why I love him. So Kyle, your story was 10 times better than mine. I'm just a stupid jock that went to Ireland and drank beer. You're, You're no, right. it's all in the interviewer. You no, you no, 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 man. Like you, you're like pure origin story. You're, mm-hmm. you're like Spider-Man and so I'm you... more like, I don't know. Who am I? Who's a, who's a like pretty crappy, like Marvel character. I'm like Hawkeye. You don't really know what's going on with Hawkeye. I don't have my own movie. You've got a bunch of movies, man. I ain't got nothing. Uh, that, that, that was great. And I, I appreciate you sharing because I've heard those stories before. I know how emotional and how they affected you as a fitness professional. Um, so thank you. And thank you to everybody that listened. Kyle talked for way longer than I wanted him to. But here we are 40 minutes into the episode. And we are going to sign off because it's Friday night. I want to play video games. I'm Kyle trying to go, go play to video games right now. All right. We're both going to play video games. So happy weekend, everybody. And we will see you next time. Thanks, Al. Peace.